time I die, I will be about three fourths away there. <laughs> it's the slowest. I'll come back as a zombie ever. werewolf. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Alright, so everybody here it is Next Planet Over. It's, it's sort of a quicker episode because we're trying to fit one in before Halloween. And mission accomplished! <laughs> it's so hard for us to do stuff on time. What? No. No. We don't take long gaps between episodes. No. <laughs> I don't go back and re-edit stuff and put it together as if it was a new episode. No. <laughs> well, we never did that. No. Never cheated like that. Um, so this is our Halloween episode this year. Uh, what, what would we do in the previous ones? We did like the uh, we, we did Werewolf the first year. The second year we did horror anthologies. Last year I don't think you were available, so I did Tales of the Crypt with somebody and Stranger Things. Oh so, man, I wish wish I'd have been there for that one. Well, which one, Stranger Things or Tales of the Crypt? Well, both. Okay, well, we yeah, I don't know if Stranger Things is going to continue because those kids are aging out and everything's on delay, but um. Tales of the Crypt only covered the first six episodes, so, you know, down the road we can probably do uh, season two. But, right. what are we discussing for this year? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's, there wasn't a word, it was just called, The Ao Show was on Nickelodeon from 1993 <laughs> to 1996, it was a werewolf who was pretty lazy just to stay home play video games. <laughs> It was 93 to 96. They had three episodes. <laughs> That's how long it took for production. <laughs> um, um, <coughs> excuse oh. me. All right, so it's She-Wolf of London, uh, Nightmare Cafe, and Nick Knight, a.k.a. Forever Night. Forever Night. Which do you want to start with? Which do I want to start with? Well, I have... Nightmare Cafe up on my screen right Okay, now. cool. Nightmare Cafe is the only one that I saw at the time. Uh, NBC promoted it fairly heavily for a while. I think they were doing a bunch of horror movies for Halloween, and they were throwing mm -hmm. the commercials in there, say, coming in January. I think that's how I saw Darkman the first time and a couple other movies they aired. And uh, uh, it didn't last long at all. I think it was, yeah, six episodes. And I remember mm -hmm. watching all six of them, but when I watched it this time... I had no memory of it. We even taped the first episode. I watched it over and over, and I had no memory of this at all. I do remember that. I don't remember anything. I'm in the same boat with you. I don't remember any of the episodes. I just remember the cast. Yeah. It was at a diner. That's it. And it's, to be fair, this is an anthology show, but it's also kind of mixed with Fantasy Island, where you do have a core cast and a location. But every single week, you have a new, like a secondary cast that comes in with their story. The main cast helps them out. I say, from what I've seen, I, I don't know why it didn't last longer than it did. I think I think I know why it did. Probably when it landed at night, its time slot. I don't know if that killed it or not, but it looked to me like it should have taken off longer than it did. I'm going to look right now and see what it was. Let it begin. <laughs> Sorry, I can't talk. I'm transforming right now. <laughs> one more hair. Yes, one more hair. I wish it would go to the top of my head and not like my ears or yeah, my I hear you. back. My shoulder look. I, my hair is like old people. It just they go as it gets older. It just moves south. Put <laughs> <laughs> to the back. Right? <laughs> That's my evil werewolf laugh. Okay, what night did this premiere? Is this like a Friday? I feel like this is a Friday. Uh, I'm going to have to look. God, there's a lot of shows in 1992. Dear Lord. 
That might be the other reason why it died. My gosh, there's so <laughs> there's many TV shows. Saturation. Yeah, it doesn't. I can't find what day it premiered because I was trying to see what it was up against. Well, hold on a second. Uh, well, I don't know. Well, what day was January twenty ninth, nineteen eighty two? What? I just remember giving it the time of day just because it was Robert England. Yeah, with that, we had hardly any shows like this. Okay, it was Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you, uh, Google. You're so helpful. All right, I'm going to see what it was up against. Um, At 10 o'clock, it doesn't even show it here as if it never existed at all. These are lies. Oh, I bet you it was spring in 1992. That's why. It says January. So let me go back. Wednesdays. It was up it was against. Well, okay, none of these shows. What's it was it up against? okay. It was on Wednesday up. Uh, so I guess it was a temporary replacement for, for Quantum Leap, and it was up against a TV show called The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, and of course the show that murdered everything. Forty eight hours. People used to watch mm-hmm. these shows, these news shows, before we had twenty four hour news. And I remember loving The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I don't know. I don't know. No, we're going to get to that one, definitely. But I, I think I prefer the ones when he was older because they're more action-packed. The ones when he was younger were more whimsical and, and a little slower, honestly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, Robert England, this is when he was just... He's still a name because the Freddy movies had just ended. But I feel like he was kind of pigeonholed, and I think this was a fun way for him to break out from it. Where he was just a normal dude. Uh, I mean, because even when he was on V, he was willy. He was an alien. He was kind of a dope. A lovable dope. Right. But, he, but this one, he's just kind of like, not even a mastermind. He's just a guy. Just a normal, everyday dude in the world. You know. So, if I remember correctly, this is like a purgatory kind of thing, correct? I think so. I never... Well, they didn't get into it long enough to figure out who he actually was. Yeah. But uh, we have Jack Coleman, who most people know now as the dad, the FBI agent, or whatever he was, on Heroes... The man in the horn rimmed glasses. Yes. And Lindsay I Frost. Love heroes. The only thing I know Lindsay Frost from is she was in a movie with Treat Williams and Joe Piscopo that we watched when we were kids called Dead Heat. It's just one of the most Williams. gruesome transformations I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, that's it. She was in a lot of TV shows, but mostly just like small arcs. Nothing really uh, big. Uh, both are soap opera actors, though. Uh, she comes from As the World Turns, and I believe that he comes from Guiding the Light. Okay, looking at her picture here, she does look familiar, but trying to watch her on the video that we were watching, very hard to oh, tell. Oh, yeah, these, these are bootlegs like, of bootlegs. It was very <laughs> poor quality, yeah. It was bad. <clears throat> but okay. I, I think it well, had I think she looks more familiar to me as an older actress, I think. But yeah. Anyway. Well, the, the problem is a lot of times some of these actors, they just look... This, oh no, he was on Days of Our Lives too. That's weird. The ring. And Dynasty. Mm. 149 episodes of Dynasty. So I guess he's better known for that. I've never seen Dynasty, so. Wait, Jack who? Jack Coleman. He was on he was Stephen Carrington on 149 episodes of Dynasty. He must have been on there for the whole series. You broke out there. Was that Jack Coleman? Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Holy moly. Wow. Well, he's got quite a list here, it looks like. Yeah, well, I, you, you watch some soap operas. I think I only watched General Hospitals. Too. I missed all the Dallas and Dynasty and Colby's and stuff like that. 
He was on Days of Our Lives for quite a long stint, too, it looks like. Yeah, but it's weird. Season. You could be on a thousand episodes of a soap opera, and you were on there for like two years. Yep, yep. <laughs> they just had your name in the, the list or whatever. And well, he shows up in five seconds. Six episodes a day. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine being on a soap opera. Every day getting a new script, and you have to memorize it, and then shoot, 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 shoot. You can't screw up anything. Not me. Nope. Not me. Take 92. You're fired. Screw this. We're canceling the series. It's your fault, Michael. <laughs> I mean, we could we could base a whole series on you anyway. So. Good, I'm so fancy. <laughs> well, uh, technically, I have a uh, apparently. <laughs> well, I started creating videos for you guys, everybody on my Facebook channel, um, or Facebook page, whatever, just to amuse everybody while they're trapped in quarantine a few months ago. And I just mm-hmm. been going ever since. I started loading them up to YouTube, and they're starting to take off. So Michael and Marvin at the movies. <laughs> Most of the sketches oh, are no. very, very not connected to the movies. It's just like a tangential thing. <clears throat> well, maybe this will be your niche. <laughs> sure, it's so hard to do though. <laughs> I have one camera. I have to cut myself and whatever. Um, back Maybe to the point. Easier. You can have your own UHF thing, and it'll take off. Oh, yes. And somebody will buy it from you. <laughs> it'll be anyway. Um. Yeah, I'll have I'll have Marvin play video games and comment on them sardonically. Sweet. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, so I would say Nightmare Cafe is probably the weakest, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's just so hard to watch. Like I said, it's a bootleg of a bootleg of a bootleg. Yeah. It's surprising. I mean, honestly, West Craven's watching... name. You think that somebody would issue this out on disc? Eh. No, that yeah, I don't know. Maybe at some point. Yeah. I would hope. But honestly, with six episodes. <laughs> Somebody's going to find a niche for it. I mean, the fact that it's Wes Craven, somebody's going to like it. Right, that's somebody a sellable name. You can do it, well, do it through Shout Factory. Now, these two shows are uh, the other two shows we were discussing, like Forever Night and She Wolf of London. Both are on disc, complete. And mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a surprise because they're both syndicated TV shows, but She Wolf of London was not a hit at the time. It lasted 14 episodes, and then it, it had to move location, add it to its cast, but the budget was all screwed up, so they shot in Los Angeles. And it got canceled after six episodes. But it got a life on Sci-Fi Channel. I remember they always did marathons of it. Back when Sci-Fi Channel didn't have a lot of own, their own original programming. And they were always doing mm-hmm. like... I mean, how many times have we seen Manimal? We've seen, I've seen Manimal more than the guys who made Manimal. <laughs> this is pretty siffy, right? Don't you bring that name in my house. It's always Sci-Fi Channel. <laughs> siffy sounds like a disease. I didn't imagine where prediction last night. I got Siffy. <laughs> It, it, it makes a, it, it's like a, now it makes hybrid monsters out of your thingy. Yeah, I got a Sharknado going on, a, a, a Tyrannosopolis. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just making it up as I go. Yeah, Piranaconda. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite is... You know, the, these movies, I swear they've got dice. I know. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's like just two pieces. Them. They just throw them together. What do we got? It's like Mad Libs, but of monsters. <laughs> do you remember that story I wrote years ago about the... Uh, the mad scientist who combines a shark with a turkey and it's called Gobblefins, but then it got tripped and changed to Tryptofins? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wrote a whole thing about it, about a make-believe movie that I got in production. It was completely absurd. And it was all about uh, the script that had to be... It was greenlit in September and it had to be on Sci-Fi Channel by Thanksgiving. And I got Eric Estrada and Val Kilmer in it and they both conspired to steal the movie away from us. Mm-hmm. That's why nobody's ever seen it, but I just tell the story, and it was called Tryptophins. 
Okay, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Anything with Eric Estrada. Yeah, know. but I made this all up in like I was I had insomnia, so I just made this all up like in a couple days. And I got to work on Monday. They're like, "Congratulations on selling your script." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Well, you sold the script, right? You're going to go to Los Angeles. You're quitting here." No. Do you really think someone bought a movie called Tryptophans? Really? <laughs> like you. This is what they said. You asshole. We thought you sold a script. We we're so happy for you. It's like, guys, I said it was a joke. I opened it with. <laughs> this is why we read everything. Yeah, the Don't first sentence says this is a made-up story. <laughs> Oh my god, how did we get here? The first sense. Anyway. Yeah, but She Wolf of London I actually quite liked. Um, it has a likable cast. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and in the werewolf costume, somewhat unique. And it throwback to uh, old style. Like the old Universal. It has a lot of like gypsy, uh, mm-hmm. Eastern European feel to it. Yes, yes. Um, I'm trying to remember. The Kate Hodge is the one that I know because she was in Rapid Fire with Brandon Lee, and she was also uh, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three. Um, she she pops up here and there, but I'm trying to. The dude seems very familiar. I'm gonna look him up right now. Neil Dixon. Neil Dixon. Dixon. Boy, some names are just terrible. Is that? He's working today. I mean, yeah, he's. He's in a lot of voice work. And he's just one of those guys, I guess, who just constantly popped up in TV shows. Also on Dynasty. Hmm. Apparently he plays the he plays James Horner on the story of James Cameron. I didn't know that existed. I didn't know that was a thing either. What is, is that real or is that one of those fan things? This is Blockbuster, the story of James Cameron, and he's credited as James Horner. Alright. For in, in twenty twenty. Hmm. Interesting. Wizards. Boy, I gotta tell you, Titanic destroyed James Cameron. Uh, before that, he made a movie like every two or three years, and they're always pretty fun. After that, he felt like he had to make the biggest movie every single time, and so that's gotta suck. He's gotta make docu-epics. Yeah, well, now he's gotta do, <laughs> oh, I'm doing uh, Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. Hey, uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but how about you just try part two and see if we want to see it? And <laughs> then maybe move on to part three. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I want to see part two. Yeah, but I mean, just, you're putting like a billion dollars <laughs> into three movies and it just seems insane. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so this was created He's by... very confident, man. Two, uh, if you know horror, you know the guys who created this. Mick Garris and Tom McLaughlin. Um, two directors, I think, that are highly underrated. Tom McLaughlin made basically the only Friday the 13th that like people outside of slasherdom would like because it has good characters, has some sense of humor to it. Uh, that's the one where they bring him back from the dead. Okay, yeah. They shove that stupid thing through his chest. Yeah, that's out of work. <laughs> Jason Lives. Uh, yeah, Jason Lives. And that's the one that has kind of a sense of humor to it. It opens up with the James Bond spoof. Uh, but he's a rock and roller. He uh, he doesn't do a whole lot of movies, but he did do. Uh, no, I was wrong. He did a lot of movies. Holy crap! He did a lot of TV movies. Uh, known in the horror world for doing Friday the Thirteenth series, Freddy Nightmares, One Dark Night, and uh, sometimes they come back. One of the lost, I think, underrated Stephen King movies. I love that one. It's really good. The sequels are even kind of good. Okay, so McLaughlin did. They came from outer space. Oh yeah, the, that is the movie Dean Cameron totally, TV show. I totally forgot that existed. <laughs> and Mick Garris, of course, is pretty legendary as a writer and director, but also has a very good podcast. But started off as an interviewer back in the seventies and early eighties, doing a cable show, interviewing all the big guys in sci-fi and horror. 
then got hired by Steven Spielberg for Amazing Stories, worked on mm. Fuzz Bucket. Do you remember Fuzz Bucket? It was one of the Disney Sunday night movies. Let's not know Fuzz Bucket. Can talk like this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, directed Critters 2, Psycho 4, Sleepwalkers, The Stand, Quicksilver Highway, The Shining Remake, and now he just does tons and tons of TV. But he's responsible for Masters of Horror, if you remember that TV show. Hocus Pocus TV movie. Oh, yeah, right. Hocus Pocus. I forgot about that. He wrote the original. Well, it says, it says TV movie characters announced. Like, they're going to do another one? I think they're doing a sequel for Disney+. Plus. Okay, gotcha. A movie that's kind of lost on me. I think I saw it way too old. I didn't see it until a couple years ago, and I think you needed to be a kid to enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. But um, She Wolf of London, if you're interested, there's episodes on YouTube which of decent quality. Then you can, if you dig it, you can buy the complete series for pretty cheap. Not to be confused with the uh, 1946 movie She Wolf. Are they connected <laughs> though? Looking at I've never seen the know. movie, so I don't know. Well, this one deals with her actually being cursed. It's part of a family curse, is why she's a. Whether well, actually is what's going on or not i don't know i've not seen it but I, I was just saying that because i was looking it up and i found that one instead i'm like well that's not it <laughs> all right so our final series is actually a spinoff of a tv movie from 1989 they promoted the crap out of i remember they were like it's a different kind of batman <laughs> and it starred rick springfield and nick knight and it's a pretty darn good movie. Now, we couldn't find a movie. I wasn't going to go buy it. Um, it used to be on streaming services, but it's just gone now. So we went and watched the first episode of Forever Night, which remakes the movie uh, mm-hmm. on a much lower budget. The special <laughs> effects are nowhere nearly as good. But I do enjoy the characters, the world that they're building. So this is the one of the three shows that I'm going to continue watching. I'm with this one, yeah. I've already actually watched all of these. but Oh, you have? See, I it's, think I remember you telling me you used to watch these on, on USA or something, it. right? Yeah. I was like, was it on USA? Well, it didn't start off on USA. There was an experiment, I want to say in 92, on uh, CBS. And it's uh, it was during the summer, and I think it was like, it was, it's too hot to sleep. Watch you know, CBS Late Night or something like that. This is before they had David Letterman. Okay. And so maybe I've uh, not seen all of them. I do remember seeing quite a few of them because I never had cable, so there's no way I could have. If that's the case. Well, in college, but, uh, remember they aired this while we're still in college all the time. That might be it. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I, I just remember really enjoying this one. I don't remember all the shows that were part of it, but I do know the other one was Silk Stockings. So when they both got canceled at CBS, they went over to USA. Up all night. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that's all the budget they had back then? Like, oh, we have $50,000 for an episode of Gilbert Godfrey. That's it. We blew our budget. Shit. <laughs> oh, what? No. I'm not even going to attempt to do this. Yeah, there's no, you cannot talk about Gilbert there's Godfrey. No it's ridiculous. You blow a lung. Um, you, it's, you're, you could do a better, uh, not Shannon Tweed. What was the, uh, Gilbert Godfrey and Rhonda Shear. Rhonda Shear. Yeah, Rhonda Shear. <laughs> it's easier to do a Rhonda Shear impersonation. Now, I looked this up, and I was trying to figure out why it is a syndicated TV show like this has such strong bones. Because a lot of these shows are really low budget, and they have no script for it, so it just falls apart. Did you see who co-created this? Uh, I have not. James D. Perriott, the creator of my favorite sci-fi show of all time, Voyagers. Voyagers. 
And misfits of science. I don't know why I went to that voice. Misfits of science, I guess. More... <laughs> oh, he did Dark Skies. That's a good show. I remember that one. He did the Rag and Bone pilot, which is good. Uh, still nice to work. Very much him. working, too, yeah. that's for sure. Forever Night. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I notice a lot of guys, when they no longer run shows or, or create shows, um, they start running shows because Produce. they know what they're doing, but they can't come up with any creative ideas, so they get added to a show that's already running. It was called Crime right. Time After Prime Time. I want to see what the other shows are. It, oh, it got ruined, not just because of the fact they decided to move on to David Letterman, but because it kept getting preempted by the Gulf War, which uh, hurt its... That's what happened to The Flash. Uh, the shows were Sweating Bullets, a.k.a. Tropical Heat, and Urban Angel. I don't even, I've don't. never heard of that one. Forever Night, The Exile, Scenes of the Crime and Dangerous Curves, Fly by Night, Silk Stockings, and Dark Justice. I remember Dark Justice, but I don't Dark remember any yeah. of the other ones. Urban Angel? i got to look this up. None of them sound familiar to me. Urban Angel. So, Urban silk Stockings. Angel. <laughs> what? I said the Silk Stockings, I think, does. but That's the one that everybody knows because it was like... You you couldn't rent a Shannon Tweed movie because you're too young? Well, guess what? You can watch something mm-hmm. almost as close. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember how they always push that. Like, ooh, there's a lady in stockings and showing off her booty. And these guys, they're going to solve a crime involving some sort of... like It's like, it was the closest you could get to like a dirty movie on every week. On. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I really enjoy this. Uh, the first two episodes are a remake of the movie but after that they really go into their own mythos and um, I know people who just swear by this and the whole series just got released by Mill Creek Entertainment for a pretty reasonable price Um, so I'm going to keep checking out some episodes on YouTube and if I dig it I think I'm just going to get it yeah I've noticed uh, where I pulled it up for a reason I lost it oh it's on Amazon Prime although I see it for cost Am I logged in? Yep. Okay, so apparently they got to pay for it, but it's, yeah, they've got season one through three on Amazon as well. I don't like the idea of buying episode by episode. Whoa, season though, $15. No, but you get the whole thing for twenty four seventy eight, and they got a 10% coupon off it right now, kids. Go get it! <laughs> Where? Uh, on Amazon, it's twenty four seventy eight, and it has a coupon for 10% off. Hmm. Yeah, all three seasons. Me likey. <laughs> Oh, there's another show I want to cover one day. It looks like it's really expensive. Kindred the Embraced. It's like Dallas, but with vampire clans. <laughs> oh, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we used to watch this. Sorry. Yeah. True story! Yes. <laughs> Kindred the Embraced. That's not him. Is it him? What? Okay. No, that's not him. Uh, who was the... Yeah, Nigel Bennett. That's That's the other one. Yeah, he's one of those classics. Like, every sci-fi show for the last 20 years, he always pops up. Um, right. This one, he's a flat-out, just despicable villain. But um, I heard as the series goes on that he becomes, like, a weird, nuanced balance between him and, and our hero. And where? In further seasons of Forever Night, I feel like I've read stories where Nigel Bennett's character becomes more of a... Like the way Spike and Angel were on Buffy. You know, where they have antagonistic, but they're not, like, completely out for each other's blood. Right. Do actually? Okay. So yeah, they redo the ending in the the pilot episode because at the end of the movie, um, Rick Springfield and Michael E. Knight 
uh, are fighting in the air. And it's really good special effects. In the end, uh, it's kind of like a Lost Boys ending, I remember. And I think he impales him on something. And he's flat out just dead, dead. Um, but in the series, they changed that so he could be more of a nemesis throughout the whole thing. I so say he gets impaled, but he does it wrong. Yeah, he misses the he misses the heart. <laughs> well, you you can't kill a, a vampire with a metal rod. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. Though I've seen so many things where they use well, Blade he uses a silver sword. He takes them out or spikes. Every right. everything has its own mythos, though. So apparently, you can burn them in this. <laughs> well, let's know. see. There's holy water. There's you can you can kill him with holy water, but you can't kill him with a cross. But what if you impaled him with a cross? Well, if the cross is made of wood. No. What if it's something else though? A cross made out of like uh, uh, steel or something like that, because it's a holy item. If it's if it's in blessed, I think that would kill him too. If you impale the heart with steel or or, or hell aluminum, if you <laughs> the aluminum probably would go. <laughs> and you'd be like, "What? You just you just ruined my shirt." It is blessed with aluminum foil yeah. cross and. I always want to see someone slap. Okay, so uh, as a very imaginative child, I used to sit in church and think about like fighting vampires with religious items. And I just thought it'd be really funny if a vampire's come at you real fast and you smack him in the face with a Bible, <laughs> and just his face exploded. <laughs> That's one way to use the book. <laughs> well, it's a holy item. Here's the thing about these movies. It's so weird. Yes, there are some vampire movies that really like uh, play to the lowest common denominator. They, they embrace the gore too much. But um, mm-hmm. it's always about religion beating evil. You know, they use these objects for the most well, except for the Blade movies. They don't even bother. But, um, but a lot of these classics, especially like the Hammer horror films and stuff like that, they use uh, religious items. And like exorcism movies, they re- use religion whatever to defeat evil. And so part of me thinks, well, yeah, those are like stories in the Bible. Uh, so why are you so against them again? Because there's some horrifying stories in the Bible. <laughs> there's some horrifying stories, yeah. yeah. But uh, Nick Knight's not too heavy because it was a TV series, and I think it's just a really brisk watch. But it's also a detective show, so if you like that, you can go find the book. I think that's what I like the most about it, the fact that it was, it took a, it put him in the role of a police detective. Yeah, well, and Angel kind of like, had that too where he was a private eye, but this one he has to deal with the system though. And Forever Night's a lot more complicated yeah. because he's not on the fringe. He has to cover himself, and that's what, you know, he's like night detective, and he's got issues he's got to deal he's with. He's allergic to sunshine. Yeah. Well, it's a shorter Which episode than usual, thing, but, but um, I say Forever Night is the choice of mine uh, out of the three. Yes. Um, I'd say in reverse order, I'd watch it that way. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Honestly, I really yeah. liked I like Nightmare Cafe, but when it comes down to what I really like, I like the grit of Forever Night, and that's more my thing. Yeah. And then the other one, I, like you say, going old school, I really like how they took that. So well, and I think it has a good charm between the two. Yeah. All right, so that is it for our Halloween episode. I'll try to figure out what we can do uh, for our next thing. Uh, it's going to get kind of hard because I'm going into retail season, so I'm going to be kind of crazy. Woo-hoo! Yay. Thanksgiving. The only thing that could ruin Christmas for me is working retail. <laughs> Damn it. All right, so that is it for us here. Check us out on Facebook under Next Planet Over. That is the page for our podcast and uh, promoting shows and stuff that's coming out on disc that's been lost or pilot episodes and stuff like that, news of renewal shows and stuff like that. I'm running out of air. <laughs> you know what I sounded like when I did that? Do you remember in Fright Night when Jerry Dandridge is presented with a cross? 
And he's like, you have to have faith for that to work, Mr. Vincent. And then all of a sudden, William Ragsdale comes up with it, and he... (laughs) (laughs) Back! Oh, no, Satan! (laughs) Great. Great acting there. Hey, I'm proud of that. When he has to talk through those teeth, um, and he he tells Amy to kill, he's like, Amy, kill them both... I wonder how many times he spit them out like that. He had to, and so much drool. Because me and Mindy were just joking about that. Both. (laughs) I can't imagine what it's like to act those teeth. There had to be some blooper reels for that. Yeah, cut off water. All the drool falling out of my mouth. (laughs) All right, have, have a safe and happy Halloween, everybody. Yes.